to move what it feels like everything out of the attic and down into the den. It is the annual movement of the Christmas decorations festival. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, this is, uh, I, I don't know where you keep them in your house. Uh, in, in our house, they're, uh, they're upstairs in, in an attic, and, uh, and it's one tub box, just, just, just and, and it all just finds itself dumped there in the middle of the house. And, and we're telling the boys, prepare you the way, come get the stuff out, you know, come on, come on, come on. I, uh, I, I brought in a few things that haven't yet found a home on the uh, on the shelves or on the tree or around the house. Um, uh, I, I thought I'd show you one or two. Um, may, you know, maybe we'd take bids on them. Uh, I have a uh, I have here a pretty sad wreath, right? I have a pretty sad wreath. Actually, the wreath is not bad, but the bow is pretty sad. Would you agree? Um, that bow, uh, goodness gracious, looks like it uh, it didn't do well in the summer. Um, so I, I, I've got this. I've got um. Uh, here in a tub, uh, I've got, um, Vance, I've, uh, I've, I've, I've told the truth of this uh, for the past two services, but I can't make the same joke with you in the room. But, um, but I got this from a district superintendent. I got this from a district superintendent. And um, what I would say, if you weren't here, it was the nicest thing a district superintendent's ever done for me. Um, but that's not true. That's not, Vance is my friend, um, and, uh, but, uh, I, so I, I've got the little angel, um, and you put a little candle in it, and, uh, um, and this will make its way out, and then, um, and then if you can relate, if you can relate, everybody's got to have more Christmas, like, you know, uh, decorating balls than you, you, you have, like, tree for, right? So um, this is what didn't make the tree. Uh, these, these are the ones that didn't make the tree, along with a host of others, um, I, 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 okay, um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's like, wow, why wouldn't Julie put that on the tree? Okay, well, all right, so that's what that is. Uh, that's what that is. And then, and then, uh, last but not least, um, in the bottom of one of the tubs that's, uh, that's going to get put away um, is a little tiny, a little tiny red sleigh. Um, and it's, uh, it's supposed to be hung. Um, it, uh, it's, it's seen better days, but, uh, but I found it and I thought it was perfectly appropriate because right there, right in the middle of the little sleigh is a red Georgia G, right? <laughs> and so I thought I would take a moment to say, um, well done to the Georgia Bulldogs for beating my college alma mater, um, handily yesterday. And, um, and maybe we would add them to our prayers because now they have the, uh, uh, now they have the opportunity to play the Auburn Tigers next Saturday. And, uh, and based on the way Auburn's playing, Cynthia, the chances of that, right? Anybody want to weigh in on how well Auburn played? And uh, anybody want to say roll tide? Okay, all right, here we go. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. Now I got the crowd with me. <clears throat> See, the thing, the thing is... The, the, thing, the thing about the Christmas decorations, the thing about Christmas decorations is uh, at least they're all in the same place. At least they're all in the same place. I mean, if you think about it, for, for our family, at least having them all in the same place and getting them all out of the same place and placing them in the same place, it kind of, it kind of, it makes it less difficult on our brains to operate. Because I don't have to think about decorating, you just do it, Right? 
I mean, when, 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 when Julie, you know, heads it up, she doesn't have to think about, um, did I remember this, do you remember this? Because it's all right in front of us. But the truth is, for the rest of Christmas, there, there, it, it doesn't go so easily. I mean, the season of Christmas and getting ready for it requires, well, it, it requires lists almost, Right? I, uh, I brought in a notepad and thought that, that you might help me. If I write the words to do on the top of the list, tell me, tell me what makes the Christmas getting ready for to-do list? What, what, what makes the to-do list getting ready for Christmas? Throw it out to me. What has to be done before Christmas comes? Grocery store. All right, all right, hang on, hang on. Grocery store. That, that, in, fact, that in fact, brings up a whole list. And you can just write down the word food, but it's not simply the grocery store. You first of all, you gotta make your menu. You gotta then buy the groceries. You gotta, you gotta buy it. Then, then you gotta prepare them and cook them, right? Um, I almost skipped over one thing at the 830 service. Was it you that yelled it out? What do you gotta do after you cook it? You gotta eat it. Everybody say amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta eat it, right? And then the worst word of all is what? Oh my gosh, you know it too, yeah. See, that, that, that's what, that's what when, I was, when I was doing this at the 830 service, the, uh, uh, out from the back of the crowd, Larry Collier gets it exactly right. He yells out, you need, Scott, you need a list for all your lists. That's what getting ready for Christmas is about. You can't capture it in what, just one list. You, need, you know what I'm saying? You need a list for all your lists. I mean, there's like a whole list that goes with just the food. But that's just one element of Christmas. What, what else do we have to do? You got to shop. You got to shop, but that itself brings stuff up because you got to know what it is. I mean, let me just tell, let me just tell you, for the love of God, do not go into the middle of the Walmart and stand there and begin thinking about what you need to buy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nobody would do that. No, no, nobody would do that. No, you, you got to have a list before you go and do it. But, but see, so you got, you got to, you got to shop. What else? We got food. We got shopping. You got wrapping? That didn't even make the other list. That's really good. You got wrapping. What else? Decorate. You got decorating. That's right. You got decorating. Did somebody say cards? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's a tradition for so many people. You got to, you got to, yeah, that's right. You got cards, you got addresses, you got stamps. In our house, you got the little, you got the little tear-off return address section of all the things that, that, uh, that got updated over the course of the year. We got to go type those into the right places. I mean, and the lists go on and on. I mean, how many people travel for the holidays? And that, that's, it's, that's in itself an entire process. Or if you don't travel, maybe you receive travelers for the holidays. Maybe, maybe you get together with somebody. And, and, and so, so you, you got, you got, you got, travel you, and then we hadn't even mentioned the whole thing of 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 the work that goes into taking time off right we haven't even mentioned how many people in the room know what i'm talking about when i say it is much more exhausting to take time off from work than it would be to actually go and work right you know what i'm talking about right because before before you leave for work you feel like you have to work twice as hard right to get ready to be gone and when you come back you have to work three times as hard to catch up. I mean, and so, so on some level you go, man, I'd have been better off. I'd have been more rested if I'd just stayed at work. If I'd just stayed at work. The thing about Christmas that, that, that prompts us to make all these lists is because we can't imagine how 
we're going to do Christmas, how we're going to do the holidays without, without some better way of keeping up with all of the things that are involved. There's this big question of how is Christmas going to go this, this year? And so you start making lists. We were together with family this week, and, uh, and I guess it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was Thursday night. So we had, we had turkey right in our bellies and, and brownies and all the whole deal. It was re- just right, just right. And we're all sitting there, and things are just right. And then someone has to go and ruin Thanksgiving for us. And you know what they do? They say, all right, get out your calendars or your apps and your phones, and let's figure out when we're going to get together for Christmas. I mean, we're in this holiday and we're asking the question, when are we going to do it? I mean, and, and, and my family has the peculiar challenges in all of us. Every, every, every family's challenged in their different ways. But ours, ours is the fact that, uh, that the eldest son is a Methodist preacher and the other son is a Methodist preacher. And so, you, 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 and, you know, and then, and then uh, my sister-in-law works at a school and my wife works at a school. And so you have, you have the challenge of what literal days do we have left amongst all the responsibilities? We find ourselves getting ready for Christmas by asking how. How is Christmas going to work this year? But but I've been been thinking that, that before man or woman ever made a single list about how to get ready for Christmas, that heaven would have started with a different list. That, that heaven, in fact, would have started with the list of why. Why do we need Christmas? And, 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 and why can't, can't we down here on earth operate without some new introduction of God into humanity? I began to think about what would make the list, heaven's list, for the reasons why. And it starts this way. Heaven would say, on the list of the ways that God has tried to connect, God has tried to relate to to His people that have not worked out, would first and foremost be that, that moment in the garden. If, if heaven's making a list, it would be the moment in the garden. Where, where, where Adam and Eve are there and things are perfect and God comes and visits them in the, in the cool of the evening. You know the story, right? It sounds perfect and yet we mess it up. Or move on to the next, onto the next form of relationship. God, this God of tribal leaders, this God of the patriarchs. It's, it's told in the story of, uh, of Genesis, moving out of the garden. And, and the rest of that giant book, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's God of the patriarchs, God of the matriarchs, and this, and this God who's with these little tribes and says, I will be your God and I'll be up close and I will provide for you. And it didn't work. Because you know what? Before that story is over, they end up in slavery. So you find the next version of how God is going to connect and relate to God's people. And it's, uh, it's the story of God saying, I'm going to rescue my people out of slavery and I'm going to give to my people all of the land and more that they possessed before and lost in the promised land story. And at the end of that story, guess what? It doesn't work. It's not that God's efforts fail because of God's efforts. God's efforts failed because of what? Because of us. 
I mean, in the rest of the New Testament, excuse me, the rest of the Old Testament continues down this same list of God's efforts failing because we don't work out. Uh, God says, I'll give you judges to be intermediaries between heaven and earth. And these, and these human judges, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll show you what's right. And the people instead chose what's wrong. The people said, we want a king. God said, you really don't want a king. And the irony is, God gave them kings. And before long, the kings enslaved the people. Enslaved the people. The, the, the very thing that God had rescued them from with Moses, they're back into because they had begged for a king. God gave them prophets and they wouldn't listen. The entire Hebrew scriptures, the entire Old Testament is one effort of God that doesn't work out because of us. This is the way, this is the way that Paul says it. Tammy's got it on the screen up there. This is the way that Paul says it. By the time the New Testament rolls around, he says, there is no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. It, it, it goes on and talks about, it talks about the lack of kindness towards each other. What about Romans 3.23, Paul continues even further. All have sinned and fall short of God's glory. I mean, just one, one example after another, making it clear that there is a why for Christmas. Writing about 150 years ago, uh, a, a European... Uh, a European thinker, scholar, writer, man of the church named Siren Kierkegaard, Kierkegaard, Siren Kierkegaard wrote, wrote a little short story called The King and the Maiden. And in it, he tries to capture, he tries to capture God's, God's thinking and God's purposes for how God could finally successfully connect heaven and earth and reach the people that God loves so much. The story is short, but I, but I found a video that I'd like to show you. Um, Sully, make sure you get it loud enough so that they can hear the words that are being offered. It's about two minutes long. Would you do me the favor of, uh, of turning your attention to the screens and, uh, and catch up with a modern day version of Soren Kierkegaard's The King and the Maiden? Suppose there was a king who loved a humble maiden. The king was like no other king. Every statesman trembled before his power. No one dared breathe a word against him, for he had the strength to crush all opponents. And yet this mighty king was melted by love for a humble maiden. How could he declare his love for her? In an odd sort of way,
too would overwhelm her. He did not want a cringing subject. He wanted a lover, an equal. He wanted her to forget that he was a king and she was a humble maiden, and to let shared love cross over the gulf between them. For it is only in love that the unequal can be made equal. The king, convinced he could not elevate the maiden without crushing her freedom, resolved to descend. He clothed himself as a common man and approached her cottage with a worn cloak fluttering loosely about him. It was not just a disguise. The king took on a whole new identity. He renounced the throne to declare his love. of what Kierkegaard is getting at, that the story, that the story found in the scriptures is God's best attempt to win our hearts. And I, I believe it's found in the very Bible that we, that, we, that we tune into. This is how Paul says it, thinking about this story. But when the fulfillment of time came, God sent his son, born through a woman, and born under the law. Or, uh, or 2 Corinthians 8. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Although He was rich, He became poor for our sakes, so that you could become rich through His poverty. And then probably in, 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 in the best example of the incarnational understanding, this, uh, this idea that God in heaven took on flesh and came to earth that we might know God's love. Paul says it this way in Philippians 2, verses 6, 7, and 8. Though he was in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God something to exploit, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave and by becoming like human beings. When he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient, to the point of death, even death on a cross. This is the word of God for we the people of God. And we say together, thanks be to God. I've got my lists and, and you probably do as well. But I believe God's heart for us this Christmas is not to spend as much time focused on a list of how Christmas goes out there in the, in the busyness. I think God's desire for us would be, would be a list about how Christmas goes in here. If, I, if I'm making a list of the kind of Christmas that would honor God, it would, it would begin with, with acknowledging, first and foremost, with acknowledging God's freedom and God's choice to leave heaven and come to earth. To leave riches, he says in Corinthians chapter 8, to leave the riches and to take on poverty. This, this is what I must first acknowledge. And it leads me then, number two, to a place of repentance. This, this, this word of the church that says that I'm, that I'm called to turn around 
I'm, I'm called to turn around and turn my heart back to the God who loves me and made me. To stop fleeing from His love for me. To stop, to, stop, to stop turning away from his best desires for me. And finally, after acknowledging God's freedom and God's choice, after repenting of my own sins and knowing there's a better way, finally, I think on the list that would honor God is then, is then the act of inviting others to be a part of it. If, if we believe that Christmas is a part of the greatest story ever told, then why would, we, why would we not invite others to hear it? If we believe, and we do, if we believe that in Christmas, in this season, God does his greatest work of trying to save people by taking on flesh, even to the point of that flesh being crucified on a cross, then why would we not invite others? Christmas is about God's work of saving humanity. What role do we have inviting others to hear it as well? I I believe the list that honors God is, is acknowledging and repenting and inviting. And so my prayer for myself and my prayer for you would be in these coming days, in these coming weeks, as Christmas gets closer and, 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 and the hectic busyness of it all takes over, that we, would, that we would push back enough to ready our hearts for what God wants to do again this year. Let's pray. God, in your mercy, turn our hearts back to you. God, in our mercy, allow us to acknowledge your power and your generosity. God, in your mercy, give us the courage to turn around from all the ways that we have deceived ourselves, from all the lies that we have spoken and believed. God, in your mercy, allow us to prepare our hearts and our souls for Christmas in a way that brings you the honor and the glory. Lord, put in our hearts, put in our lives the people that need to be a part of this work that you are doing in this place. And then allow us to see the path and follow it that would involve inviting them and connecting them to this, your story of love for your people. For all of this, we come before you praying in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen and amen.